Welcome to Boys of Summer. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by Gene Gums and Eric Braun, and together we have a collective sigh because sports are totally suspended right now. Gene, how are you coping with this this new reality? Um, you know, it's it's been really strange. I mean, I'll tell you what, one of the things that I, I one of the big changes I made is I'm not doing my morning show. I know. Um, because quite frankly, for a week, all I talked about was the coronavirus, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the as all the dominoes started to fall and all the leagues started shutting down and the colleges started shutting down. And frankly, people were tired of hearing me talk about the coronavirus, and I wasn't sure where, where I was going to go with it. So we've taken a hiatus. Uh, I am actually going to do a show on Friday with all the stuff going on in the NFL right now and, and, and some things. I'm going to do a show on Friday. But, yeah, it's been weird. I mean, I, mean, I can't lie. Sleeping in's been nice, but you know. But but the other part of it is is that we're supposed to be getting ready for the start of baseball, and and you know having my nights like all of a sudden I'm watching you know the Home and Garden TV HGTV. I'm like you know that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So it's weird. It's right. weird. It reminds me of a meme I saw where this little saying says, "I met this really nice lady on the couch." Turns out she's my wife, you know, type of thing. So, yeah. well, I saw one. I saw one of those. Yeah, day three, day three without uh, without sports. I actually had to talk to my wife. I find out like her favorite color is yellow. Who the hell likes yellow? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how are you coping out there in Houston? Uh, you know, um, right. It hasn't really affected. I mean, as far as baseball goes, it hasn't really affected me yet. You know, I mean, I paid attention to. Uh, uh, to spring training to a certain degree. I, I like to listen to the ball games at my desk in the afternoon, but yeah, not a big deal. Yeah. When the season actually doesn't start and, uh, that's, that'll be a little bit rougher. Uh, yeah, it's not like I had high hopes for the Royals this year anyway, mm-hmm. and was kind of dreading to talk of, about the Astros this year. So my two, the two teams yes. I like, you know, uh, are, uh, you know, yeah, you know, we could we could we could wait a couple of weeks. I wouldn't mind too much, but uh, yeah, going too long uh, is not going to be fun at all. In our last podcast, we were wondering what news story would push the Houston Astros cheating scandal off the front pages. I think we have. There you a, go. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think any of us were looking for something like this. I mean, no. you know, this a uh, this is a uh, now. If if you're a Houston Astro fan, this is manna from heaven, is what this is. Well, of course, here in Houston. People are still, you know, uh, you know, uh, in a defensive posture on the Astros. But now all of the sports attention has been put on to the Texans because the the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Uh, people are not amused with yeah. how that went down. Well, let's <laughs> mildly. Let's you brought it up. Let's get right to mm-hmm. it then. Um, what was perceived from my part of the world is that was a horrible trade by the Texans to give up one of the most talented wide receivers. So instantly I went to, he must have been a troublemaker in the clubhouse. What's your take on it? Mm-hmm. Well, so from what I'm reading, there's there's three different storylines. You've got one that uh, Bill O'Brien didn't like him, thought he was a troublemaker. Uh, there was something, a Michael Irvin deal about it, uh, that, Bill O'Brien thought he didn't like having a guy around who was too much like Aaron Hernandez and a lot of baby mamas hanging around or something like that. Um, there's also a, a, a storyline about a power struggle um, that uh, that Hopkins had too much weight, carried too much weight in the locker room, and that upset Bill O'Brien. So it could have been that. Um, my guess, 
Um, it's probably a little bit of those two things, but he was also asking for a big pay raise this year and wasn't planning to show up unless they, they, they gave it to him in, in the fall. I think that, uh, that, I think that probably plays a bigger part into it. it. It usually comes down to money on these sort of things. There might've been some friction, but my guess is money. It's, it's almost always money in these things. Yeah, how many famous songs about money, like money, 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 money? Yeah, Pink Floyd, that's true. See, it's in, it's in every facet of the culture. <laughs> Gene Gums, you have out in Massachusetts, Connecticut area, the Tommy Brady saga, and he came out yesterday to announce that he's not going back to the Patriots, and he did not exactly say yesterday about the Buccaneers, and I've been so busy working. Has he officially announced he's going to the Buccaneers? Well, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but it's going to be. The one part of the thing is is that uh, the NFL normally you'd be able to announce these things now because the NFL season technically has begun, but because of the virus, the NFL has put a moratorium on that, so nothing can become official for a while yet. We don't know when. Probably, you know, sometime maybe in April, maybe in May, when things start moving again. So these free agents that are supposedly signing other places can't start getting paid from their other clubs until this becomes official. So there's a chance, for instance, that, you know, Tom Brady could decide, you know what, after sitting on it for a few weeks, maybe I don't want to play for Tampa. Maybe I want to go somewhere else. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen, but this can't become official for a little while. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm shocked that he's going to Tampa. Everybody thought if he was going to leave, it would be the Chargers were actually the team that most people were talking about. Uh, You know, the fact that he's from California, that, you know, he's trying to brand that TB12 thing that he has and make that even bigger. Well, where else bigger can you go than, you know, Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm surprised by that. Uh, But there are a lot of people. There's a suicide watch on a lot of people here in New England. (laughs) Uh, No, hey, think about this. In the span of a couple of months, this this area lost Mookie Betts yeah. and Tom Brady yep. and Brock Holt, who was arguably one of the most popular Red Sox players. All three of those guys that were fan people were rabid about these guys are gone. Mm. So the 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 sports world in New England has been turned completely upside down. And right now there's a whole lot of people that don't know what to do with themselves except cry. Well, I wonder what Belichick's going to do. He's sort of had a little fire sale already that the Lions have jumped on. They picked up at least three former Patriots in the last week. And I'm wondering if Belichick's going to say, this year's a wash. Let me dump some people, get some you know, draft picks, and then reload. What do you hear out there, Gene, about Belichick? Well, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't think that's in his DNA. I don't think it's in Robert Kraft's DNA. I think there's that's anybody that says that um, I, I want some of what they're smoking because it's not going to happen. You know, the big here's the big question. The big question is, are they going to hand the reins of this team over to Jared Stidham, the backup quarterback who has played as many snaps in the NFL as you and I have? Um, you know, or are they going to go out and try to sign somebody else? And I'll tell you what, I, I somebody mentioned an, a, a fascinating name to me. I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, the guy's name that came up was Andy Dalton from the Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Bengals. Wow. Cincinnati's getting so well. Cincinnati's getting ready to draft Burroughs out of LSU. Yep, makes mm. sense. So they're going to want him to play right away as the number one draft pick. Andy Dalton is not exactly Mr. Popularity uh, in Cincinnati. That might be, you know, and look, Andy Dalton does have talent, but he's, he play, he's played on, he's played on some awful teams. So if you put him in New England, 
you know, perhaps he would thrive there. And the other part about this is, guys, all along, people have always wondered, is it Brady that's that great? Right. Or is it Belichick's system that's that great? Is, could anybody play in Belichick's system? Or is it because of how good Brady is that that system works? Well, we're going to find out real quick. If he goes to Tampa and they finish 6-10, and 10, and the Patriots still make the playoffs with Jared Stidham or Andy Dalton or whoever, there's your answer. And, yeah. you know, that's the risk that Tom Brady runs here, by the way. You know, it, it, people say his legacy is intact because of the six Super Bowls and, uh, you know, the six wins and nine Super Bowls overall. And I get that. You know, if he goes down to Tampa and lays an egg his last year or two, I, I don't. But people will always whisper, see, it was Belichick all along. It wasn't Brady. Well, Eric was in Kansas City or rooting for Kansas City when Joe Montana came there from the 49ers. Mm -hmm. So, Eric, yeah. how did that work out for Montana? It was sort of good and bad, wasn't it? It was the only AFC championship the Chiefs went to um, after, between between Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah, that was a, a pretty good uh, stretch for us. He played he played well. I mean, he was injured. I was it the first half of one of the seasons. So he was only there two years. Um, I think he was injured one of the first half of one of the seasons. But I mean, I mean, it was great for the city. Um, yeah, I mean, and he liked it there. Uh, you know, he had kind of some of the same. Uh, things that Patrick Mahomes has been experiencing that, you know, he goes out to restaurants and people don't bug him. So he was like, very thankful that he could actually go out to, to malls and stuff. So, you know, it was a good you know, thing for the city. Um, you know, it was, it was Marty era chiefs football chiefs had just kind of come back to actually being a competent football team. And that sort of pushed them uh, up, mm -hmm. up a notch after Steve DeBerg had done pretty well there too. Um, Oh, Steve but, uh, DeBerg. Hadn't heard that love, name in a long time. We love Steve DeBerg in uh, in Kansas City. You know, he uh, the game, I can't remember which, it might have been just a year or two before Montana, but he was out there playing with, the, like, uh, on his, obviously his non-throwing hand, but had, like, a broken finger and had, like, a pin stuck in his mm. his finger and, like, playing in the cold. And, uh, you know, like, we won a playoff game. I think that was like one of the last playoff games we won too. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was tough as nails and played some good games for the Chiefs and never threw an interception. So you bring up an interesting point, Eric, about if you go to Kansas City, the fans are so polite, I guess you're saying, mm -hmm. they, do, they don't bother sports fans, which makes me wonder which sports city is the worst toward their uh, star athletes. I mean, bugging them, hounding them, Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always the answer is always Philadelphia. Is it always yeah, Philadelphia? There, yeah, there is, and there is. It, it's Philadelphia, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia. <laughs> One, two, and three. Have brutal. You, brutal. I've heard them boo so many people. I heard a story they even booed the Pope when he had an outdoor mass there. Now I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Look, they booed Pete Rose. They booed Mike Schmidt. They booed <laughs> wow. Steve Carlton. I was at games when that happened. So. I mean, yeah, oh, really? they're they're wow. as bad as it gets. Yeah. Wow. And 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 by the way, and, and by the way, uh, baseball is nothing. You ought to hear what they do to the the Flyers. Oh, 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 really? oh <laughs> my goodness! Hockey's the worst. Hockey's the worst. I I think they let some of the inmates out to go to <laughs> hockey games in Philly. So they they base slap shot on Philadelphia. Oh, it's fans. brutal. Yeah, no, it's bad. It really is. Yeah. When you talked about Andy Dalton, this is an old guy reference. I thought 
He's called the Red Rifle or something like that. And it reminds me of the old black and white TV show called The Rifleman with Chuck Connor. Chuck Connor. Who used to be yeah. a baseball player, minor leagues, right? Uh, he also he, play, he played yeah, for the he, Boston Celtics. He was a, like a three-sport athlete in college, if I remember yeah, right. He, he played for the Boston Celtics in the NBA, folks. That's how good he was. He was, he was, yeah, he he was, was a heck of an athlete. So was he a better athlete than actor? Because he was a little stiff as an actor, just oh, a little. Was, he was an awful actor. <laughs> but but he, you know what? He had that those chiseled good looks. Yeah. You know, he had the great smile, and he had that prototypical kind of a western look for the time. I used to love the Rifleman when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Yeah, think- and they show it reruns now. When I see it, I sort of cringe because the kid who oh, plays his son is a horrible actor. And- you know, it's funny. You, but a lot of shows we watch, Ben, you, you watch them now. You go, oh, my God, well, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, so that's like Star Trek still holds up for me. I watched it as a kid, and you know, Kirk and Spock, I, I, that still holds up, although the backgrounds and some of the <laughs> hair things don't stop. I always look at it now saying, what kind of toupee is you know William Shatner wearing now? Because when I watched it as a kid, I had no clue he was wearing a toupee. Is there other old shows you guys to watch? Either one of my, one of my favorite shows I used to watch. It was on in the seventies. It was called Black Sheep Squadron. Oh yeah, oh, Robert yeah. Conrad. Robert Conrad, he, he who just, just passed away. Yeah. yeah, I used to love that that show because I'm a big history buff and I I'm a World War II fanatic. I've re- I probably read 200 books about World War II. So you know, and that was it was a show on about World War II in prime time, and I used to love it. Well, I caught a rerun of one probably a year or two ago. I was embarrassed for myself that I used to watch it. <laughs> it was that bad. Uh, How about you, bad. Eric? Are you Gil- Gilgan's Island type of person here? You know, I can you even watch those anymore? I, you know, I, I am not. I, I'm trying to think of an old show that I returned to. I mean, come on, you're a Marianne. It, you're not a ginger. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely a Marianne fan. Yeah, I, I would. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Amen. Um, yeah, um, amen to. I'm trying to think of, boy, there are just, you know, if like a MASH rerun comes on, I'll watch that, or a Cheers rerun, but I don't go out and really those seek are, out. Yeah, those are timeless, though. MASH, yeah, and, they, they Ma- MASH and Cheers hold up very, very well. Yep. All in the Family holds up well. Hmm. Did you see the remake of All the Family with Woody Harrelson as Archie Bunker? That was yeah. a little strange. I hated it. I did not see it. I hated I it. Know you know, I, I didn't. I did. I I I DVR'd it because I didn't want to watch it live because I had. I don't know. I had to rearrange my sock drawer or something. But I I DVR'd it and uh, it was it was cringeworthy. Some of it. You know, there's just certain things you shouldn't mess with. And to me, that was that's one of them. I mean, Archie Bunker is just such an iconic character. I don't know how anybody could even think about playing him. Right. Yeah, I think the other actors in that scenario looked better than Woody Harrelson. Although Woody Harrelson can do so many different roles. Um, but He's a strange dude. <laughs> a little he strange. Is. All right, let's get back to sports a little bit here. So I got some of the other top uh, NFL free agent news, and thank God for the NFL right now. Um, some of the guys I know are getting a little itchy right now, like, what are we supposed to do? And it's too cold to do a lot of things up here. And I just saw a friend running in the rain with his dog. I'm thinking, wow, that's <laughs> desperation. Uh, but <laughs> Philip Rivers, old man Rivers, is going to the Indianapolis Colts for a year. Is that a good idea? Anybody want to chime in on that? Well, he he, uh, he went to Purdue. 
So oh, did he? I yeah. So no, that's Philip why. Rivers went to North Carolina State. Oh no, he was North Carolina State. That's right. It was. Uh, it's what's his name? It went Breeze, to Purdue. Breeze uh, went to Purdue. Uh, yeah, Breeze yeah. went to Purdue. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know, I I I was actually hoping that the Patriots would go after Rivers. I really was. I knew Brady was going to leave. The longer this went, I knew he was going to leave, and I was hoping he was going to go there. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. There is some thought that. Uh, what's his name may not really Andrew Luck may not really be retired. Yeah. That he may. Oh my gosh! The conspiracy there is, talk. There is to, no. There is talk that he may come back not this coming year, but the following year. For the Patriots. That after, yeah, that after a couple of years off, <laughs> they, he may come back. Um, that's that was talked about. This isn't something that just happened. This is something that was talked about a couple of months ago. That uh, they asked the owner of the Colts, you know, is it possible? And and you know, he kind of he kind of grinned. Uh, and said, "We'll, we'll see." The owner of the Colts is certifiable. I mean, that guy's well. Nice. Yeah. Well. <laughs> all right, but but think about this. If indeed that is a possibility, if indeed they have it in the back of their minds that maybe Andrew Luck wants to come back in two years, bring in an older Philip Rivers in for a year as a stopgap isn't a bad idea. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Philip Rivers looked like he was pushing the ball a lot, like. Peyton Manning did at the very end of his career. Uh, I don't know. I think he's. I think you're. I don't think you're giving him enough credit. I watched a lot of Charger games. I think he's better than you think he is. So there was a. That was a bad team. Well, there's a restriction where I work. I work with a senior living facility that we're not supposed to have any groupings more than ten people, and yeah. that's just a general rule across the country right now. And somebody right. made a post about Philip Rivers, like, "Oh no, Philip Rivers is going to have to leave one kid at home," you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. yeah. So anyway, that's not. A, it's not a. Ba- it's not a bad signing for the Colts, though. It really yeah. isn't. I. But, yeah, you know, could do a lot worse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The next one is Stefan Diggs, a wide receiver with the Vikings, was traded to Uh-oh. Buffalo, and yeah. at the same time, Vikings went all in on Kirk Cousins, and gave him an extension, which most of it was guaranteed money. And even the people here in Michigan and Kirk Cousins is from Michigan went, wow, that was overreaching it. You know, that was crazy. But uh, do you guys think this is one of these situations where one of them probably had to go? You know, I tell you what, I don't, I don't like, I don't dislike the signing of Kirk Cousins as much as they do there. I think Cousins, again, I think he's got a lot of talent. Uh, I'll tell you what, the, the thing with Diggs going to Buffalo, it's got a lot of Patriot fans scared to death. Buffalo is going to be really good this coming mm-hmm. year. I mean, they were pretty good this year. Yeah. And get and adding Stefan Diggs to give him another target to throw to, I'll tell you what, that Buffalo team is going to be very good. And you look at what the Dolphins are doing, plus the, I think the Dolphins have three first-round draft picks. The NFC East, the Patriots could finish third without Brady. Yeah. Think and, about that. And Brady went to the NFC, so look at that. Yeah. Yeah, that trade concerned me more as usual, I view everything through a Chiefs lens, but you know, <laughs> really, cousins getting Didn't that, big, that cousins getting that big paycheck. I know, surprising, um, but cousins getting that big paycheck and them, um, you know, trading away one of their uh, big receivers. That just, you know, that just makes me nervous. So it's like because you know, Mahomes has a big paycheck, big big raise coming, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm afraid we're gonna, afraid about who we're gonna start. Uh, losing to stay under the cap. Yeah. So we'll how rich see. is the Hunt family? They're pretty rich, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Hunts you know, are very rich. Here's what'll be interesting. You know, think about this, and and this is part of the whole thing with Brady. Brady was underpaid for most of his career. Yeah, he took he took less money to help that team succeed, so they could sign other players. Not many people do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I and and so 
in, in today's NFL, the way these quarterbacks are getting paid, if they don't, if, if they're not willing to take less money, it's going to be difficult for teams to succeed year in and year out. I think that's part of the reason the Patriots had as much success as they did over the years was because Brady was generous. There's no other way to put it, to be willing yeah. to stay there for less money. Yeah, and I think Mahomes could be one of those guys. But, Let's uh, hope so. Well, if he really yeah. likes if he really likes the anonymity he can have in Kansas City, that might be a perfect way to buy it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, the the Hunts, you know, that's an oil family from Dallas. So that's uh, it's basically J.R. Ewing uh, <laughs> type money. Well, another head scratcher for me is that the Chicago Bears trade for Nick Foles. Nick Foles today. is a great backup quarterback in the right moments, but he's fragile in a way. I mean, he's been getting hurt lately. Uh, the Jaguar experiment didn't work out. Uh, that tells no. me they don't believe in Trubisky as they're really a great quarterback. I think he's been going down. And then the other quarterback story is that Teddy Bridgewater has gone to the Carolina Panthers, and Teddy looks like he's back to his normal health again, and goodbye Cam Newton. So this... Switching of quarterbacks has begun, and we're going to see who's really done the great job. So would you rather have Nick Foles or Teddy Bridgewater, Gene? Teddy Bridgewater in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, and I'm only, you know what, I say that. I mean, Nick Foles did a great job. When he had to, when he had to come in, you know, uh, in Philadelphia after the injuries, and, and he did a great job, you know, for the Eagles. So I, 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 I say that. I'm going on recency bias. What Teddy Bridgewater did this year you know, when he was thrown to the wolves, when Drew Brees got hurt, what he was able to do with that Saints team and keep them uh, on the right track, and he looked great. Uh, so I'm going based based just on that. He was that, five and zero. Oh. Yeah, I mean, based just on the way he played when Brees got hurt, I think I think I'd take him all day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It it just feels like he has way more upside than than Foles does at this point. He's you know because he's. He hasn't played a lot in the last right. few years, so he's you know might have a little life on that arm when he comes back and legs when he uh, when he actually gets a, a starting job again. Well, according to Bill Barnwell, who writes for the ESPN, he thinks Brady to the Bucks is a great move for Tom Brady because what was he lacking in New England, guys? This last year, what position? Wide receiver. Yeah, and he goes down. He gets Mike Evans, who's one of the best receivers. And yeah. there's a couple other guys that are really good as well. And then you have an experienced head coach with Aaron's who knows how to work with experienced quarterbacks like Kurt Warner was there and did really good coming back off to a time where he wasn't starting. Remember, Kurt Warner was at New York Giants, wasn't starting, went to Arizona. People thought he was sort of washed up and had a great couple years with Aaron's. So. Some people think this is the better move for him, but I doubt that uh, Brady's moving his whole family down to Florida, although somebody <laughs> said there's no state income tax in Florida. So there you go. <laughs> Save That's some money. Point. I had, hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. There isn't. That's true. Most people say yeah. that he lives in New York most of the time anyway, so it really doesn't make you know, a difference. It, it was interesting. A lot of people thought Rivers was going to the Bucks be simply because he moved his whole family to Florida ah. when he – he when he decided he wasn't going to re-sign with the Chargers, he moved his whole family from San Diego to the Tampa area because he's got family down there. So everybody just naturally assumed that you know he'd be playing for Tampa, <laughs> and instead he went north and and uh, Tom Brady's coming down there. So I, that was interesting. 
Another just interesting name for today is Jason Witten, the tight end of, for Dallas who retired and uh. came back. He's going to try another year with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, I did say Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, do you guys believe in the Raiders? I was going to say buy stock in the Raiders, but that's probably not a good thing to mention right now. But um, do you believe <laughs> in the Las Vegas Raiders, Eric? No, never. Never. They, they, they're, they're classics. They, they have a long track record of grabbing victory from the or loss from the jaws of victory. So uh, yeah. they've, you know, uh, the way they're run right now, no way. If Al Davis was still around, uh, maybe, but, uh, you know, Mark Davis like is clown. just, a just a clown. Yeah. Clown. It's just, yeah. It's just that, that organization is just a, a disaster. And I don't think moving to Las Vegas is going to help help their team stay in line. No. Yeah. So, we'll and, and I don't, and I'm not a big fan, you know, of uh, John Gruden. I think John Gruden is very overrated as a coach. Um, that's my, you know, my, uh, I, I don't, I don't think that it's going to, they're going to succeed. And I don't, and, and the Jason Witten thing, I know it's good for him, but I mean, look at this point in Jason Witten's career, uh, he's not an impact player. You know, he wasn't an impact player with the Cowboys. He's not going to be an impact player. How old is he? 37. Oh boy, he's at least that. Yeah, he's up there. You know, I mean, what is you know? I mean, uh, we you know we saw uh, older tight ends. Just, I mean, he what's he going to be able to do? You know, I mean, it's fine for him. I mean, he seems like a nice guy when he was on Monday Night Football that year as a commentator. He seemed fine, but you know, whatever. I mean, that's a typical Raider kind of signing. They signed the name, not somebody who is necessarily a good player anymore. Yeah. They do that a lot. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys continuing to spend money, and they haven't offered Dak Prescott the money he wants yet. But they did give Amari Cooper, their wide receiver, uh, twenty million a year for the next five years. Um, and considering he disappeared toward the end of that season, uh, we'll see what he can do with a new coach. But uh, do you think Mike McCarthy can resurrect the Cowboys, Eric? You know, I. I kind of have a feeling there will be a little bit of a uh, because they just they've been so bad for so long and and not even it's a, it's, a, it's such a weird thing with the Cowboys you know that the expectations are always so high and around here you know because we still have plenty of t- Cowboys fans even in the Houston area um, you know pe- you know people were so down on the Cowboys all year and then you look at the record and I mean they weren't out of playoffs until like. We, week 15 i think this year well, but it's so it just I, the record wasn't great but that division was a train wreck yeah, yeah. but um but i just you know i think i don't think he's a great coach um i think he it seems like he's has a plan and a team that's going to come in and maybe uh, can turn that thing around it's just it's been you know such a long slog you know with the last coach um i just don't I just think any change, it's one of those deals where any change at all is, it can maybe spark a little uh, revival. So I, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if they made the playoffs this year, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I know the Cowboys, are they really America's team still? And I think they are to some degree, but it's always that, like you said, tantalizing talent, yet they can't pull it together. And if Mike McCarthy adds that level of professionalism, they might get to that next level. Uh, Gene, I think we've talked long about football. Don't you think? Don't you think we should talk about baseball a little bit, just a little? Uh, yeah, I was, I was saying, what, I don't even know if I remember what that is, but absolutely. <laughs> well, I can start it off. I've gone to ESPN's 
uh, homepage for MLB. And there's actually news today, top headlines, and you probably have read some of these. So, Gene, I'm going to let you pick out uh, these top three stories, which one you want to talk about. You ready? Okay. Oh, go ahead. Number one, Cincinnati Red Staff test positive for COVID-19. Yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about no, that. I didn't think so. <laughs> Number two, Tigers, my beloved Tigers, their left-hand prospect Wentz has elbow surgery. And number three, Rangers Calhoun near workouts after broken jaw. That's Those are the top got. three uh-huh. headlines. That's it? Yeah. I, I tell you, I'll tell you what a better headline is, is the fact that uh, 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 what's his, uh, who had surgery that, for Houston? Uh, Verlander had surgery. Yeah. I know. I, you, know, yeah. This, you know, I hate to say this, and this is, I mean, is going to sound like I'm an idiot. Well, then again, <laughs> maybe I am. But, I mean, this shutdown of baseball right now, is what a break that is for Justin Verlander yes, and yeah. the Houston Astros because now he can have this surgery and you know have it. There's a chance that he'll be ready to go when they start the season. Yeah, that is. You're right. You know, I mean that's. I mean that's that's great. And you know, the, I mean, look, I'm glad for Willie Calhoun because did you see that replay of him getting hit in the face? I didn't. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, you know, it's one of those. I remember. Uh, Speaking of Houston, I remember when Dickie Thon got hurt mm-hmm. um, back, and I think that was in the '80s. He got hit in the face, oh. and you know it's just, it's, uh, and it ended his career essentially. He tried to come back, but you know he was never the same after that. And he was a heck of a second baseman until he got he got hit. So it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from this, because that was really really scary. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I, you know what? The, the worst, the guy who's got to feel the worst is the guy who threw the pitch. I can't. I don't know how I. I don't know how I live with that. Yeah. You know, I'd be afraid, I'd be afraid to, afraid to throw. Don't you think it just got away from him, or do you, you don't think he would? Oh no! It, oh no! Oh no! It, it got away from him. He wasn't. He wasn't throwing at him. It's spring training, and guys are. You know, half the time they don't know where the ball's going, and you know he's a, he's trying to impress, and you know right. it happens. You know right. it happens. Well, did you but, see Mookie Betts wore a Tom uh, Brady uniform? Why? I don't even want. I'm not want to talk. <laughs> you don't want me to stir the pot here? Is that what you're saying? Uh, man. Uh, no, no. You know what? I, I tell you what. I love Mookie Betts, and I don't. I'm not unhappy that he left. I mean, it. It. it you know, he he had to do what's right for him. He wasn't going to resign in Boston without testing the free agent market anyway. I still say the Red Sox could go back and they can get him and bring him back home. That's that's what I'm. I'm going to live with. I'm going to live for that for the next 12 months. That's where I'm. That's where I'm living. I'm living with Mookie's coming back to Boston for 2021. Wow. That's optimistic, man. That's really. I, uh, you know what? I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I think you're living on a prayer, actually, if I'm drop song I, names. But thanks, John Bon Jovi. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this. Have you guys been watching more movies lately? Because normally I would come home, I'd turn on ESPN, check out some scores, see what's the going to be playing tonight, and we would be watching March Madness really quickly here. Uh, yeah. We'd be finished with the division. Uh, tomorrow would be the start of March Madness if everything was back to normal like it should be. Um, so when you rate March Madness, guys, compared to other sporting things that you enjoy, where would you rate it? I mean, would World Series be number one with you guys, and then where would March Madness be? Eric? Uh, World Series, Super Bowl, March Madness. Mm. Uh, I, I love it. Um, it's uh, I, I love it maybe a little bit less since the – uh, you know, after they started the uh, one and done season deal, what's oh, that been? That's the play 10 in years. Games. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, no, the, uh, that's fine with me, Adam. I mean, the, uh, uh that players, you know, have to show up for one oh, season oh, I got in to, college yeah. and then leave. Yeah, yeah, there's just, you know, it's, it's, it's taking some of the fun out of it, but, uh, but it's still, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, that first, those, that first two days of the mm. tournament are the two best back-to-back days of sports in the, uh, in the year. I just did, that's just so much fun. All those games at once, you got, you know, I, I typically have like monitors going here and there, <laughs> you know, in my office with games on. It's just a lot of fun. And you fell out of bracket at least one. Oh yeah, yeah. Gene, how would you rate Every, your favorite big time sporting events? Is it World Series yeah, th- number one? Oh yeah, and Paul. I mean, Eric had him right. I just except I have them flip flopped. I I like March Madness better than I like the Super Bowl. Oh. Well, and and for the simple reason that you know. Half the time, at least half the time, the Super Bowl is a turkey. You know, the game's <laughs> terrible. Um, at least with March Madness, it's you know what? And and I tell you what, I could watch the first two days sometimes, and maybe not watch the rest of the tournament because Eric's right. The, <laughs> True. The, for the first two days are the best. They you know, because best. that's when you get you know the three seed, the fourteen seed beating the three seed or so. I mean, it's just the best. You know, schools. How about who can forget? Was it two years ago uh-huh. when U, UMBC pulled that huge upset in Virginia. the NCAA tournament? That, uh, yeah, and that was the greatest thing. It put UMBC, that school, nobody had ever heard of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had heard it. It's University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've been there. We actually, they were in the conference when I worked in college athletics. They were in our conference. And so I went there. I've been there a ton of times, but nobody else had ever heard of it. And their guy that was running their social media page became like a star <laughs> around the country. Oh, it was great. So that, to me, that's the first two days. Derek's right. The first two days of that tournament are the best, period. And I'll tell you what, the first two days of that tournament might be better than the World Series. Ooh. But the World Series but the World Series overall is is my favorite my favorite sporting event, period. Just imagine bar owners and restaurant owners. Not only did they miss out on St. Patty's Day, but they missed out on all the yeah. March Madness. And around here it's been talked about how these guys are really hurting, these restaurants are really hurting and People are doing takeout and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of people hurting if this doesn't end pretty soon. But let's I'm going to flip it back to another just off-the-wall type question because I'm looking at a picture online, and it's a picture of a brand-new hat, Major League Baseball hat, and a brand-new glove and a brand-new bat. Which one of those three as a kid, would you want to have? If you could have one of those three things from your favorite team, I know it's Boston, Kansas City, which one would you choose, Eric? Glove. Always the glove. A Wilson A2000 or something like that? Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. (laughs) Actually, I don't think they were made (laughs) until after we were older. (laughs) Probably. A a, a nice glove, with uh, preferably with my favorite player's signature on it. George Brett. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And does it have to be Wilson? Just just nice broken in. Yeah. Um, I, I I think I always used Wilson gloves. Yeah. Did you ever yeah, nice sleep Wilson with glove. your glove man to break it in? You know, like put a ball in there and then wrap it up and. Yeah, with with rubber bands. Yeah. Around the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I wrap my, it with oil. Yeah, I used to put my uh, between my mattress and box spring. Nice. Oh, smart. Yeah. Did you use needs foot oil? That's what my dad had us use. We took needs foot oil every spring, and we'd rework huh. our glove really good, and then we put a ball in the middle. We tied it up with leather straps, and so it would be you know back to 
working condition. I used to use uh, I used to use clear shoe shoe polish. Really? Yep. And yep. that worked, huh? It worked great. Mm. Worked great. Which one would you take, Gene? Hat, glove, or bat? Bat. Ah. I was way better hitter than I was a fielder. <laughs> and what size <laughs> bat would you want? I I used to swing a a thirty four thirty two. Ah. Thirty four inches long, thirty two ounces. That's a fairly long bat, not too short. Yeah. It was. A, I was a big bat. It was a big bat. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I got then as I got older, uh, I started using like thirty ounce and twenty nine ounce bats because the bat speed wasn't there anymore. But yeah, I, uh, I I used to swing a fairly heavy bat. So who used the biggest bat in the major leagues? Was it Howard for the Senators? I mean, who used the biggest? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth did, huh? How big was his oh, bat? Uh, you had to ask. I, I want to well, say. You brought it up. I want to say was it. 38 ounces or 40 ounces oh it was a, it's a monster it's a monster yeah I, it was a monster i had to hold one of his bats once oh really it was wow. yeah it was uh you had to i had to hold it with white gloves on oh <laughs> <laughs> but i got to hold it i was kind of hoping some of his hitting prowess would rub off on me it didn't, <laughs> it didn't happen but yeah he his bat was really big i think elston howard had a big one too yeah um and uh uh, George Scott used to uh, swing a really heavy bat too, but uh, I think Babe. I I always thought Babe Ruth had the heaviest one. I could be wrong. I'll have to look that up now. It's amazing he could get around on fastballs with a big heavy bat like that. Yeah, that just shows you how strong he was. I mean, yeah, just think great. about think about how strong he had to be to do that. Yeah, you know, it's pretty amazing. I remember when I was in elementary school, we had scholastic books, and they would come, and you'd have this order form, and you'd check what books you wanted to order. And one of them I ordered was the Babe Ruth story about how he grew up in, in Baltimore as, you know, and then an orphan and the whole thing. And to me, that was so cool. I treasured those books like crazy. And eventually I lived in Baltimore and I know where Towson is. I used to live about five miles from there. And Did you uh, really? so it's a, a great city. I think it's underestimated or underappreciated by a lot of people because some of the rough areas, but Right down by the ballpark in Inner Harbor is a fun place to go. You know who swung a really big? I just looked it up. Roberto Clemente. Really? really? Huh. He, sw- he swung a bat that was uh, uh, 40 ounces. Something that was, later on in his career, it was 38. But, yeah, 30, 38 to 40 ounces. Hmm. They said, and uh, Babe Ruth was, uh, was 38 ounces and 36 inches is long. That's a big bat. That so, um, and actually, Babe Ruth, early in his career, his bats, fifty ounces, fifty <laughs> five zero. Oh my gosh! Wow. So yeah. I, I also looked it up, and Mo Vaughn, uh, they have ranked as the second heaviest bat, a thirty six ouncer. Mo Vaughn, really? Yeah, yeah. There wow. you go. Can you look up the lightest bat, or is that not even yeah, light? Yeah, fun? They, the two the two lightest bats they found are in the twenty nine ounce range. Rod Carew and Ozzie Smith. <clears throat> You're kidding. Rod Crew had that light a bat? Yeah. Well, think about it. He was a slap hitter, so yeah. he just was looking, you know, and, and that's how you can, uh, being a slap hitter, you can get better bat speed that way the, with the uh, with the lighter bat. So I that doesn't a, surprise me. I was a 33-30 guy. I liked the 33. Okay. And when Reggie, my... Jackson, Reggie Jackson swung a 37-ounce bat. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son played uh, high school ball and some travel ball, and he had to buy some wood bats for his travel and that was just so fun to go to the store, sporting goods store and pick out a wood bat with him. Like, oh, this is so cool, going back to old school. 
But he would right. tape his he would tape his handle, put a little stickum on there. I don't remember tape on my wood bats as much as when I was a kid. Maybe we did. I didn't even think about it. Oh, I always did. I always taped mine. Did you put stickum on them? No. No. No pine tar. No. I, you know what I used to do? I used to put uh, I used to put stickum on my batting glove. Okay. So before I so before I went up to bat, I would actually spray stickum on my batting glove, not on the bat itself, but on my glove. Ah. So hmm. I was a weird dude. What can I tell you? <laughs> the Lester I, Hayes. Yeah. The Lester Hayes <laughs> of my. Yeah, there you go. That's me. I didn't have Lester's speed. <laughs> well, very cool. So um, I think I've talked to you since I went down to Notre Dame to see a basketball game. But uh, the other week, my wife and I drove down just to get away, and we went down to Indianapolis. This has been like three weeks ago. And we just wanted to see how far we could drive to get away and just enjoy. We stayed at a nice hotel. But we tried to go to the NFL Combine because I saw online you could get free tickets and it's free to go in. And when we got there, all the free tickets were gone, which was a bummer. But uh, we went over toward Butler University, and we were that's really a nice academic area in the old um, basketball court there. They actually shot Hoosiers at. Um, mm-hmm. So it made me think, the next day we were driving through Notre Dame coming back to Michigan, is there any college that you guys would like to visit to see a sporting event? Like uh, about 10 years ago, my son and I did a southern road trip to see baseball games, and one game we saw was at Vanderbilt in Nashville yeah. and saw a game there. And that stadium is different than probably any stadium I've seen because it's right next to their football field. So, Eric, any college you'd like to go to see a sporting event? Yeah, you know uh... – I would like to go see a, a Washington Huskies game. They do uh, before the game. You know, their their tailgating is like in the bay. I think like it's in a, a lake right there. People boat yeah. up. Yeah, so that that sounds like a good time to me. I don't care anything about the Huskies, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm down with boats. <laughs> yeah, we actually toured that couple Northwest. years ago, so it looked. Oh, cool. really? Yeah. yeah, I got a picture of me and Don James, their former coach. I'll send it to you guys later. So can't wait. I know. That's what you've been waiting for all day. Gene, college that you like to go to to see uh, a sporting event? I've been very fortunate because I worked in college athletics and for 25 years, so I went everywhere. I mean, we, we played basketball at Notre Dame, so I've been there when our team was playing at Notre Dame. So, um, the You know, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you know what I'd like to do just once? I'd like to go to the University of Michigan and watch a football game in the big house. Oh, my oh, gosh. You know I can make that that's happen, good right? Are you just and I ha- baiting me? I have I have to tell you, I mean, I'm not a big fan of going to college football games. I'd much rather watch a game on television. Same with a pro game, actually. I'd rather watch football at home. But just because of the tradition at Michigan and how big that place is and how rabid those fans are, I actually would like to go there one day. Wow, you're kissing up to the host big time here. If you make it out this (laughs) way, if you pay for your way out here, I'll get you tickets to a game. You can make that happen? Seriously? I can make that happen. Yeah, I can find a way. Oh. I know enough people. I've done enough times. With I, uh, you may, I may, I may well, take you up on that The reciprocating fall. is if I come that way, you've got to get me Red Sox tickets. That's, I'll, I'll, we'll get you, I'll hook you up. Yeah. Well, and Eric, he's way down there. I but, know. I'm so far away. But he, I have the advantage. I have some of the best fly fishing trout streams in the world up here exactly so if he came up here you know we could go fishing and go to the game so we're getting close to actually summarizing this whole podcast gene i guess is there any lessons you learned through this 
time where there's no sports or any things that you're going to do to stay sane in the next three weeks? Well, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I don't think I'm sane now, but <laughs> you know, I think that it's it's been interesting to me. I don't think I ever really realized. Now, look, we all know. I mean, I do. I have a sports radio station. I do a sports show, so. Obviously, sports is important to me, but I don't think I fully appreciated how much it is and, and how ingrained it is. Now, my wife might be the happiest person in America, you know, because I'm not I don't have my head buried in some kind of a sporting event. But it's I think it was an eye opener for me that uh, it's really uh, in our society how invasive sports is. I mean, yeah. there are how many people. How many people actually, I mean, do you know, how many people do you actually know that can actually say they're not a sports fan of any sport? I think I know maybe one or two. I mean, somebody, you know, usually you're, you're aligned with some sports. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard. I mean, I think our society uh, is way more invested in the sports community. I think than I realized until something like this happens. And then, because it's at all levels. I mean, look, they canceled, they're canceling high school seasons. You know, they canceled right. basketball tournaments. They're, they're canceling spring sports already. Uh, you know, and so it's, it's on all levels. I don't think I really realized how, I mean, how much it really is a, a, a huge part of our society. I agree. I agree totally. And then, it's just so weird not to have every option we want in the world, right? All of a sudden, we've been told we can't do any everything we want. But what's yeah. so wrong with coming home and spending time with family? And for me, walking outside and, uh, you know, when I'm walking by the river nearby where I live or walking on the trails, it just feels like everything is what it should be, you know, <laughs> without all the noise of the world. Eric, have you learned any lessons or any strategies you're going to use in the next three weeks? Well, you know, for my life, you know, I mean, I work from home already, so that hasn't been a big change. Right. Um, you know, for me, the big the the big change is just around you know sort of my extracurricular activities. So, uh, you know, there's a Thursday run group. I go, you know, there's probably 50 people there every um, Thursday night, and we go out and we run. Then we go have beers together at Whole Foods, and um, you know, it's just yeah, it's just, that's just sort of a regular. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Yes. You 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 go have beers at Whole Foods? Yeah, our Whole Foods has a bar, a very nice bar. So does ours. I, so. Really? Yeah. I our, our Whole Foods do not have that back here in Puritanical New England. I'm gonna have to look <laughs> into that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's very handy and really you know, decent decent food. Yeah. Wow. So, we, so that's that's my that's my Thursday night gig, right? So we go out, um, uh, and sometimes they have free beer after the run too. So that that was nice. Um, yeah. But uh, so that's so that's and then you know then Sundays we have a long run you know that we we all do together, um, so you know it's just and and I just started going back to swim practice and now the the YMCA is closed down and I was spinning again so you know just kind of that whole you know I mean obviously you guys know that's a big part of of uh, what I do is um, you know work out and train I'm sure. I'm set to do a triathlon the first week of May. I'm sure that's going to be canceled. Um, and then, you know, hopefully by fall, things will be back um, in order. And, of course, the other big change, you know, is, you know, the company I work for is, you know, we, we put on large-scale events all over the globe. So that's been a bit of a, a right. you know, a little, little tension. Um, and then, you know, I've also I've got a kid who is uh, – 
uh, you know, immunosuppressed and, and on top of that has severe asthma. So, you know, we're, we're taking it pretty serious around here. So we're not going out, you know, even though, you know, you probably go out to do a few things, but we're, you know, kind of extra locked down here. So other than that, you know, uh, things are uh, fairly normal. I mean, also part of running, I can go out and just, um, you know, go out and get a little outdoor time, uh, you know, without um, bringing any nasty bugs back home with me. Mm-hmm. Well, um, both these guys work at home. I work at a senior living facility and everything's shut down to protect our residents and the state has mandated it. And today they announced that even uh, spouses who live in different parts of the building, let's say assisted living versus memory care, independent, cannot see each other. They have to be quarantined. And imagine telling a couple that have been married for 70 years that they can't see each other for a while. Um, So it's been very stressful, and the staff's really stressed out as well because so far all the restrictions are working. We don't have any cases. Things are good, but a lot of stress because people don't see each other. So one of the things I'm learning to do is just to say I only can do what I can do, and uh, my faith really helps me during this, and trusting mm-hmm. that God is going to give me the patience and the peace I can so I can help other people not freak out as much as well. So I've asked a lot of these older people, you know, can you compare this to anything? And most of them say, you know, this sort of reminds me of um, 9-11 because, you know, things shut down at the airport. But most of them say not, this doesn't remind them of anything except for they hope. They hope that the country can pull together to handle this instead of splintering off and and move forward. And I had one guy who was 101 years old last year tell me, he said, Paul, what I've learned, he actually called me pal. He liked to call everybody pal. He said, hey, pal. <laughs> he says, I've been around for the Depression. I've been around for World War II, uh, all sorts of problems. I've lost two wives. And I'm going to tell you, I've realized every morning that sun keeps on coming up. And you just realize this world can take a lot and keep on going. So enjoy each day. And I'm thinking, okay, thanks, man. Thanks for putting it in perspective. So yeah. for whoever's listened to our podcast, we appreciate it. We hope you know that we love sports as much as you do. We're ready for it to come back. But you know what? It could be worse. We are healthy. The, us three guys are healthy. We're blessed to have three great wives and families. And those are things at the end of the day are so much more important. So for Gene Gums and Eric Braun, have a great day, and hopefully we'll talk about baseball the next time you hear us.